The reading can be found in 1 Corinthians, verse 15. Um, So chapter 15, verses 50 to 58. I declare to you, brothers, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labour in the Lord is not in vain. everyone good i'm excited for this morning um so we're just finishing uh, we're landing today this series called upside down kingdom so we've been talking about how you know especially on christmas time that we're talking about jesus birth you know why jesus came you know why was there the need for god the father to send his only begotten son to the world so we've been talking about you know the upside down kingdom that the way the world sees like life and the way that Jesus sees life is very different. So yeah, this morning we are landing this series and I'm going to be speaking about, uh, I have a title, you know, I think, uh, I think it's so easy for, is it quite loud? I don't know. I can hear my voice. Okay. Um, as Christians, I think, you know, we are, we are often like thinking of like, what can we learn? What can we learn? You know, I need to know more the word of God, but I think the Bible shows us a lot. There more than what we have to learn is what we have to unlearn. You know, what are the things that the world teaches us? What are the things that perhaps our parents told us? Or what are the things that our, uh, you know, uh, mates have told us that it's not necessarily healthy and we have to unlearn? So the title that I chose for tonight is exactly that. It's what do we need to unlearn? So we're going to be looking at that this morning, if that's okay. Um, 
I just want to start with prayer. So Heavenly Father, thank you uh, for this morning, Lord, for the uh, opportunity to come and uh, speak, Lord. I just pray that you guide my words, Lord. Father, come Holy Spirit. Father, Lord, I pray that whatever I'm speaking here, Lord, is in accordance with your will uh, and with your desires, Lord. So Father, I pray for open hearts and open minds as I speak. In Jesus' name. Amen. So as Haley was reading to us, it says, the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and death has lost its sting. What was once the law is no longer the law. Through these child, the old rules no longer rule. You know, Christmas is all about Jesus' birth. It's all about the reason why, uh, you know, there's a few things that Jesus did. There are four things that Jesus came as a child showing that there was going to be something very different, something that nobody was expecting. One of them is a king that chose to be born in a manger, you know, a king that chose to be born in a place that smelled, in a place that I don't believe no one of us in here, if given the opportunity, would choose to be born there. The second thing is, Jesus was born of a woman who was virgin, right? I don't believe it ever happened again. Um, an adult king, which was King Herod, was scared of a baby king. So that's the third point. And the last one is, we hear in the book of Luke and in other Gospels that Jesus, at the age of 12 years old, he went to the temple where the teachers of the law were, you know, were teaching people, and they were amazed at Jesus' wisdom at the age of 12 years old. You know, so he came as a child, and he showed that there was going to be something special. You know, it's crazy that like for 30 years, we don't know what Jesus was doing, apart from the fact that at the age of 12, he was in this temple, and everyone was amazed by his wisdom. You know, so we know about three years of his life, but for 30 years, he was preparing something very special, right? So let's be honest. Like, you know, James was preaching here last Sunday in the evening, and he was preaching, and he asked a question to everyone. He said, if you guys could, like, I don't know, win the lottery, right? If you, if you won the lottery today, like 50 million pounds, what would you choose to do? And, you know, I was sat here thinking I would buy a Ferrari or maybe a Lamborghini, uh, a nice mansion in Los Angeles. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm gonna, I, I was just thinking about myself. But then he started passing the microphone around and people were saying, like, I would end cancer. I, would I was like, man, either two, you are either lying or you're way more spiritual than I am. Right? Because people were talking about ending, you know. I just felt like, man, I'm really, I shouldn't be here. Do you know what I mean? Because when that question got asked, all I thought is, how can I benefit myself? And then I had people saying, I want to end hunger. I want to end uh, human trafficking. I was like, you guys are too spiritual for me. You know, I nearly left the church, but you know, whatever. So friends, why Jesus came? You know, I believe if you look at the Old Testament, God had enough. God had enough. He created a perfect world that was peace, that was pure relationship with him for Adam and Eve. And all of a sudden, he gave us the opportunity and the love of free will. And what did we do? We messed up. My life story. We messed up. You know, we messed up. And then God was like, I'm going to rescue this. And he used Abraham. He used Moses. He used, you know, he tried and used us to fix the problem. And that, what did we do? We messed up. You know, so when I think of Jesus coming, uh, do you know the Rock Balboa film, The Boxer? Uh, what I imagine 
He's like, God was like, you know what, man? I had enough. And he puts his boxing gloves and he presses the lift. And he says, I'm coming down because without me, you guys are going to mess it up again and again and again. You know, Jesus came because God the Father had enough of us. He knew that there is no way that we could buy salvation. That there was no way that we were going to defeat death. That there was no way me and you could do anything about it. And he came down. So let's be honest with one thing. If you were the son of God, if you were the son of God, so God the Father calls you and say, Chris, uh, you know, you are coming downstairs and you are my son. And I'm God. I'm the most powerful being that there ever exists. And I can give you anything that you want. Anything. I don't know what you would choose. Would you choose to serve or be served? And would you choose to be born in a palace or in a manger? I want to show you guys what I would choose. Can I get my phone? Thank you, my servant. Hurry up. Thank you so much. This is what I would choose. All right? I don't know you guys. You guys are hyper-spiritual, super-spiritual. But this guy in here, I would choose to glorify myself. And I would choose to be the king. Right? So this is, is Raph's real desire. Okay? So, friends, Jesus came to turn the worldly kingdom into a heavenly kingdom. He came, you know, the Bible says to us that we should not look at the world with uh, worldly eyes, but with what? With spiritual eyes. We should be looking at the world in a different way. Right? So what I, wa I want us to know today is that I'm going to be speaking about three topics. Okay? What are those three topics? Jesus knew that we had a lot to unlearn. Right? Forget about what you have to learn as a Christian. Think of the things that you have to unlearn. You know, all of us have gone through things in life, traumas, bad teachings, unhealth teachings that have developed unhealthy and untrue belief systems about ourselves, others, and the world that we live in. All right? And this is the stuff we're going to be looking at. You know, I want to say that depending on the culture where we grow up, you know, I grew up in Brazil. Uh, you guys are, you know, English, and, you know, East London, North London, right? Depending on the culture where you grow up, the people you hang out with, what your parents have told you and the media that you allow to come to your mind will determine what you believe to be right or wrong and acceptable and not acceptable. Does that make sense? Right? Okay. So I want to start with three things. I want to talk today about external influences. All right? So what are those external influences? I'm going to talk about three things. I want to talk about what our parents have teaches us through life. I want to talk about what society tells us through life. Obviously, I'm basing this talk on my own experience and where I come from, you know, where I grew up in Brazil and the things that were normal to me. And also, I want to talk about media and how that can mess up our minds. Is that all right? Okay. So in Brazil, I grew up, um, you know, uh, as you guys know, Brazil is a country where you have like, I don't know, 30% of extremely rich people and you have 70% of very poor people and it's a huge, you know, in England you have middle class. In there there is no middle You're either rich or you are poor, right? And people tend to think that racism is just, is just in this country or in Europe. And it's a lie. Brazil is a very racist country itself, all right? So I grew up with my father uh, teaching me racist jokes from a young age. You know, so I was a young boy and it was normal to hear that you are better than people depending on the way you dress or the way you look or the job that you have. 
All right? So I grew up with a father who had a lot of money. He was a lawyer. He thought of himself as higher than other people because of his social professional status. All right? And I grew up thinking that it's normal. It's normal. So if you are a cleaner, you are no good. If you are, uh, I don't know, if you work in construction, you are no good. You have to be a lawyer. You have to be a doctor. You have to be whatever. And if you are not, you are not good. Because that's what my father told me. So I grew up arrogant, self-righteous, uh, and, and that's how I was, right? Uh, there was a lot of things that I had to unlearn through life. It makes me think of the passage where uh, the king, you know, you guys can quote who the king was. I'm not that smart, but there was a king in the Bible where he worshipped himself and he thought of himself higher than everyone, and God took everything away from him until he understood who was the real king. And then Jesus gave him back. And I really look back into my life and I can see that God done exactly the same. You know, I was racist, I was self-righteous, I was arrogant, and I thought that it was okay to be like that because I was told that by my own father, right? So that's, that is the things that I've learned at home. Society, what did I learn in society? So I grew up in Rio, in Brazil. Um, every time people ask me, where are you from? And I said, I'm from Brazilian. They tell me a few things. They say, oh, you love football? I say, yeah. Oh, uh, you love samba? No, I hate samba, but I'm Brazilian. You know, and they ask me things, and if you say that you're English, they're going to talk about, I don't know, fish and chips and the queen and whatever it is, right? I don't know. I'm sorry if the fish and chips is not the best example for you guys, but that's what I think of. But, you know, um, in Brazil, you are a man if you can sleep with as many girls as possible in a week. Okay? So in Brazil, uh, if you just have one girl, you're not good. You don't hang out with me. You need to go out with as many girls as possible, right? And in Brazil, if you can do the shortcut, if, if I can make you look like a fool so I can make money on top of you, I'm the best. I'm the smarter guy in the world. You know, so in Brazil, if you can make other people fool for you to look good, if I can lie to you so I can make money on top of your vulnerability, I'm smart. So in Brazil, in society where I grew up, I was told that what's beautiful is ugly, and what's ugly is beautiful. Does that make sense? Right? Well, it doesn't make sense, but that's how it is. Right? So, um, media. I remember that, you know, you guys know my story. I don't need to repeat. You know, I was a mad drug addict, and I was crazy, and all that. And I remember, like, that when, when, I, when I became a Christian, so I became a Christian around seven years ago. When I became a Christian, um, uh, you know, I come from a world where I, I was constantly listening to rap, violent music. You know, I'm listening to music that's talking about, stab, I'm going to stab you, and I'm going to kill you. And I, you know, I used to walk like a gorilla. You know, I used to walk with my hands inside my trousers like a gangster. You know, I was just crazy. There was no gangster here. It was just a scary child pretending there was a gangster. You know, and so what happened is, you know, I was listening to all these violent songs and I was listening to all these lustful songs. You know, songs that talks about cheating your partner or songs that makes you feel lustful and makes you think of things you don't want to think, you know? And, and I remember talking to my mentor. I was like, listen, man, I'm reading the Bible. I'm going to church and I'm doing all these and I'm going to a small group. I don't know why, but I'm always angry. And he's like, you don't know why? He said, you, you live in church. You just, you just had a spiritual time and you're listening to Tupac or, you know, you're listening to songs that are talking about, I'm going to kill you and I'm going to stab you and I'm going to have sex. He said, you're listening to all that stuff and you want to be peaceful? And I thought, oh, okay. 
And, and, and I started to realize that there are some things that I watch. There are some people that I hang out with. And there are some things I listen to that corrupt my mind. You like it or not, right? The Bible tells us that bad company corrupts good character. That does not mean that you can't help people who are in a bad place. You know, Jesus helped everyone, but there's a big difference between helping everyone and hanging out with everyone. You know, depending how long I stay with someone and how much I allow them to corrupt my mind will determine how healthy I am emotionally, spiritually, and so on. Does that make sense? Yeah? So, in Proverbs 22.6, we hear, we, we, we read this. Start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. So we start children off on the way they should go. And even when they are old, they will turn from it. So depending where your teaching is coming from, will determine where you are going to, how long you are going to stay, and how much it's going to cost you to pay. All right? So depending where your teaching is coming from, will determine where you are going to, how long you are going to stay there, and how much it's going to cost you to pay. Right? So the last thing I want to mention is, so I spoke about things I've learned at home that I had to unlearn. I've spoken about things that society have told me that I had to unlearn. And I have spoken about media and things that have entered my mind that I needed to unlearn. Right? And now I want to talk about the danger of peer pressure. You know, um, for instance, like I remember that the first time I tried a, 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 a drug, for instance, it was not because I wanted to try a drug. It was just because the guy who offered me drug was way too cool for me to say no to him. I wanted him to like me, you know, and wanting people to like me was more important than, 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 than my own life. You know, so I want to speak about the danger of peer pressure. You know, we all want to be accepted. We all want to fit in. We all want people to like us. And sometimes you don't realize that in order to get people liking us, we are devaluing ourselves. You know, we are putting our values aside so other people can like us. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, actually, I don't like rap songs. I don't want to be, you know, gossiping, but I, I like that person, so I'm going to hang out and gossip with them anyway because I don't want them not to like me. You know when you have a friend that is very negative and gossip all the time and, and you can't just say no and you can't just put boundaries in there? You know, and I want to talk about that. You know, the Bible tells us not to conform to the patterns of this world, right? And it says, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And the question I have is, how can I renew my mind if it's full of unhealthy belief systems? You know, before I can add any Christian teachings into my life, before I add any Bible reading, before, first of all, it was very important to this guy here to look that before I learn anything, I had to unlearn a lot. Is what, you know, my, I love my parents, but not everything they told me was right. Because they were told wrong things themselves. Right? So I had to look. Is what my father told me what God says? Is what society says what God says? You know, is what the media says what God says? And then I can write that down and realize that actually I'm living in a way that does not make sense. Right? I'm living in a way that is not according to God's will. You know, so... The, you know, there's a few ways that you can renew your mind and know that the book of Proverbs in the Bible is the, one of the books of wisdom. You know, that book, you know, I'm starting a group now in, in January with lots of friends where we're going to be reading the book of Proverbs. You know, what is the wisdom that God is wanting to share with us? You know, uh, the Gospels are full of, you know, great 
uh, and instructions to us as well. You know, so our way leads to death. God's way leads to life. You know, my mentor once said something, a quote that I never forget. I love this quote. He says that if your truth is not God's truth, then your truth is a lie. So if your truth is not God's truth, your truth is a lie. The truth that you are living is society's truth, is your truth, is your trauma's truth, is your parents' truth, but it's not God's truth. And if it's not God's truth, friends, your truth is a lie. Right? And, you know, the first step for me was to admit that my ideas and thoughts were not serving me well. You know, what the world tells me to seek leaves me empty, and what God tells me to seek leaves me satisfied. All right? So what I want to do, you know, as I showed you guys, you know, what I wanted to do is to be the king. You know, is to be like, have my way, and, 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 and everything is to benefit me. You know, so what I want to do is often based on fear. And what God wants me to do is always based in love. Okay? What I want to do is always based in fear. What God wants me to do is always based in love. All right? So I just want to look at some things as I come to an end. Uh, we all heard of the Sermon of the Mount, didn't we? In the Gospels, when Jesus, uh, you know, there's this huge crowd following him, and he starts to preach. And Jesus, during that sermon, he spoke about a lot of stuff that society today, and even back then, completely lost the plot. We completely didn't realize that we were living in a kingdom that was completely against God's kingdom. Okay, so society says, I just want to have a comfort and peaceful life. But Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness. Society says, don't forgive, they harmed you, you have the right to be angry. But Jesus says, I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Society says, lasting is okay. I'm just looking at her body. She's hot. She's fit. Look at her. It's okay. It's fine to look. You know, I'm married, but it's fine to look at another woman. There is no issue looking at another woman. But Jesus says, you shall not commit adultery. But I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman, looks, not touch, anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Right? You know, society says, if he punches you, punch him back. But Jesus says, if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn them the other cheek also. And if anyone wants to see you, take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with them two miles. So society says, I am nice to those who deserve me being nice to them. How many times we hear that? I'm just nice to people who are nice to me. Do you know what Jesus would say to you? You hypocrite. You hypocrite, Raph. You're such a hypocrite. You know, he say, didn't even the tax collectors do that? You know, it's so easy to be nice to people who are nice to us. What Jesus says is love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that? Society says your value is based on what you have, just like my father told me. But you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, do not store up your, for yourselves treasures on earth, where moths and vermin destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where moss and vermin do not destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Right? And the last one, Jesus, well, I have two more. Society says, judge them. Look at the drug addict. Look at the prostitute. Look at that guy. He smells. He stinks. Look at him. He got mental health issues. Look at him. Look at him and look at him. Do you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, do not judge or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. How many times, especially in church, we're judging people just because they seem different than we do? We are all sinners here. I don't care what your sin is, but I know that you are sinning, and I know that I am as well. Right? But Jesus says, do not judge. Do not judge. That's his job, not yours. Our job is to love and to help, and sometimes to love is to say the truth, but do not judge. Right? Very difficult, friends. I judge every day, multiple times. Right? Just before you think I'm very holy, I'm not. So society says, for the last thing, smart are those that get the easy way out or the shortcut. Smarter are those that can get the easy way out. But Jesus says, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. So friends, as we land the upside down kingdom series, it's important for us to realize that sometimes the way we live Sometimes the way I live is completely against God's will. And I come to church every Sunday, and I read the Bible, and I do small groups. But it's on a daily basis that I have to wake up in the morning and remind myself, who am I the son of? Who is my daddy? Is my daddy the guy that, you know, my biological daddy, or is my daddy my heavenly father? What father will I choose to listen to today? Is it society that I'm going to listen to? Is it the media I'm going to listen to? Is it my own blood father that I'm going to listen to? No, I don't want to. Do you know why? Because I don't want you guys to listen to me. Because I'm just as messed up as my father is. What I want us to do is to listen to our Heavenly Father who loves us. Just like nobody else could do. Right? So I just want to end with a question. And I want to pray. The question is, based on everything that we have just listened to. So based on this sermon. Are we still living in the way that the world wants us to live? Or are we living the way that Jesus Christ wants us to live? What are the things that we have to unlearn? So as we start the week ahead and as we approach Christmas, I would love you guys to be reflecting for the next days. What is it that you have been told by your parents, by society, and by the media that you need to unlearn so you can become a healthier person and the closer person you can become that God wants you to be? Is that all right? I just want to pray. God, I thank you so much for this morning. I thank you so much for Ohalos Church, Lord. Father, I thank you for the word that you have given me, Lord. Father, I just pray that uh, some of it, Lord, have touched people's hearts. Father, I just pray uh, as we approach Christmas, Lord. I pray the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, over our lives, Lord. Father, pour out your spirit, Lord. Father, as we enter this Christmas week, Lord, I pray for peace and joy. And I just pray, Lord, that... Yeah, Lord, we pray for, for John as well, Lord, who we, we pray healing uh, for, for whatever that might be, Lord. Father, I pray that, um, yeah, Lord, I just pray for, for, for an amazing time with our families and our loved ones, Lord. And I thank you so much for all you have done, Lord. I thank you that you came down on earth, Lord, to do for us what we are unable to do for ourselves, Lord. And I pray all that in the mighty name of your son, Jesus Christ.
Amen. Thank you.